When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, hi everyone, it's uh, Dave here and I'm here with my co-host Kobe. Hello. And our producer Tom. Hello. And uh, we thought we would just do a bit of a special episode uh, to honour Lance Reddick, who sadly passed away um, in the past week at age 60. So obviously Lance was um, played Lieutenant Cedric Daniels brilliantly uh, in The Wire. We were lucky enough to speak with him and we're going to play you that interview at the end of this episode. But we thought it'd be nice uh, just to jump on and share some of our sort of favourite memories of Lance in The Wire and and elsewhere because he had an amazing career, didn't he, lads? Yeah, uh, Jenny kind of insane career, actually. And he's one of those people, when I heard he passed away, at 60 which surprises me because when you look at him he's still like this ripped like adonis of a of a, of a man um yeah he seems so it's taking me back. fit doesn't he like he's yeah. just like always even recently in the john wick movies like he's just tall and muscular and like looks so healthy it's so it's, it's so young to pass yeah it, it took me generally aback um and he's still he's still representing on the screen and like i say as we as we record this now, John Wick in the UK is going to come out on Friday. It's, I'm going to be see. I'm going to be watching on a Friday. I'm going to be. It's going to be a whole different experience when I see Lance Reddick on the screen that time. Um, as play, who plays Sharon, um, the main concierge in the in the in the, the beautiful chain of hotels. Yeah, the, uh, the Continental, um, isn't it? The Continental, yeah. exactly. Um, but it, it's still it's, it's still it's it's a shock. Uh, and I remember when he first turned up in the first John Wick film, I was like, yeah. Daniels is in it. <laughs> what was Daniels it? is in John Wick? Okay, question for you guys then. Because what was your first experience with Lance Reddick? Was it Daniels, Tom? Uh, it would well. Listen, it wouldn't have been, but it's like you sort of backfill, don't you? So the first time I really noticed him would have been in The Wire, and then I would have gone back and I would definitely have seen Oz before I'd seen The Wire because I remember going back because I remember like watching Oz again, like post the wire, and you know, you make all those connections between the two. So I would have seen him there, but it wasn't until Daniels that, you know, I, I knew him as an actor. But then like I have this thing, like there's another podcast I listen to uh, called Total Reboot, and they always have, they have this thing about like their guys. And when they talk about their guys, I mean like just the character actors that they like to see, that they, you know, it, you know, you know whatever role they crop up in, even if they do the same, thing like you just oh yeah i'm glad 
I'm glad that guy's there. Lance Reddick, he's one of the guys, right? Whatever he crops up in, you know, one of the guys. He's a that guy, but 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 he's but he was an elevated that guy because I think he's he, mm. he's quite a known name. I think he became such a that guy. I think his name was quite common. What about you, Kobe? Daniel's first first exposure, do you think? Do you reckon? Yeah, exactly, exactly the same as Tom is like. It would have been one hundred percent the why where I recognise him as right. I need to know more about this guy, and then uh, seeing him in 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 Oz uh, as a review going back to it and then everything and you know fast forwards and the other things he comes up and um you know cropping up in early sunday in philadelphia uh, for example as a as a as a treat and uh, mate it's just it's just great and then you guys you guys are big fans of fringe which i didn't really watch but uh, a lot of people mentioned him in our in our socials talking about remembering lance as a as a character it's a great show it's a great show, but also another one of those ones where um, like you, we're making connections all over the place, aren't we? Like, so it's always sunny in Philadelphia, one of my favourite shows, and that's got you know Chad Coleman in mm-hmm. sort of as a recurring he character. Comes up, doesn't he? Yeah, just weirdly, right? <laughs> and then what we're talking about um, uh, Fringe, you know, um, Andre Royo uh, yep. pops up in Fringe. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, you sort of I don't know. There's this there's these shows with with Wirecast members. At heart, you know, the ultimate one, Bosch. I'm not sure how much you saw it, but Jamie Hector and and Lance on the same side, both in the cop side. You know, this is oh nice. This is that wire connect? I did yeah. not know is that, that. Is that a recommend, Bosch? Uh, a lot of people super love it. I did first season. I was kind of like, I, I think I've seen enough now. Um, I've heard it's kind of dad. A it's a dad it. show, isn't it? <laughs> We're all dads here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So maybe I should be watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I mean, Lance. I think we. I mean, listen. We need to acknowledge. Well, there's a couple of things we need to acknowledge, right? Mm-hmm. He was one of our earliest ever guests on he this was. podcast, and and it, so just... that resonates with all of us, doesn't it? I think you know when we were nothing really. First season, we just we didn't, cold we didn't have any episodes people. out. Yeah, we didn't have any episodes out. We um, just spoke with Frankie Faison initially, who yeah, kindly yeah. gives our time. And then he said, you know, I think Lance would like to speak to you, and Lance did, and he was. Amazing. I mean, um, I, I was proper I, fanboying out. I remember where I was when when you texted in the group, Kobe, and said, "You know, <laughs> we've got Lance Reddick." I was like, "Oh my, like God!" Like because you know that, that to me that was a huge get. Yeah, and that just makes made the rest of stuff possible, didn't it? You know, we, you know yeah. when we started out, we wanted yeah. to do this. So you know, we owe a lot to to Lance, don't we? For that. The other thing I wanted to, to acknowledge was the voice. <laughs> like, mm. ah, come on. I mean, there's a lot of great voices in The Wire. You know, we've spoken mm-hmm. to Jad Coleman uh, recently. Another banging voice. Of course, Clark. Clark, fantastic. Oh, my God. So many good voices. <laughs> but, 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 but Lance Reddick had... I think what's so awesome about his voice is that it's, it, it just... And, and his uh, body language and, and personality, he just exudes composure, doesn't he? Everything is so measured and so well thought out and the other thing in all his roles i think he he exudes so well is like authority mm. right he's and and you see him as and that plays well as both the sort of sympathetic authority figure who's got a moral code like daniels um down to i was watching some somebody's he did a lot of comedy as well i was watching him in an old funny or die sketch this morning yeah 
Uh, toys are me. Yeah, toys are me. And I re- <laughs> Google that, guys, because that's 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 the other side of the authority. Uh, uh, Lance Reddick, that he plays this sort of dictator toy store owner who's who's just awful. Um, <laughs> but I think yeah, you you're dead right. The the voice, and then the other thing that always struck me about Lance Reddick was. His posture was incredible, and he's so tall, mm. right? And I remember watching The Wire for the first time, I guess fifteen plus years ago, with my wife, and we were both struck by Lance Reddick. Like, how could you not be? And like his presence, and we both agreed with each other that he should play the Terminator at some. Point. <laughs> oh, but you're, I was like, amazing! Say I was. You were making me think. No that way! You were saying it. Yeah. No way. Honestly, like. I was going to say a robot, which was, you know, but same, <laughs> but same thing, the, right? The ultimate robot. He would have made a brilliant Terminator. And it's, you know, it's just sad. Yeah. I think he would have had such a, he could have had another t- couple of decades of roles ahead of and life. You know, it's very sad. That voice, it was, there's something about this, his, um, like there's a quality to it. Obviously, obviously the tone, that sort of deep sort of, what I would say, baritone is it, would it be? It's just that it's quite, it's got depth to it, right? But but also there's the, um, the way he sort of almost clips his words, like each word yeah. is sort of like, cl- like clipped off. And um, yeah, it's an, it's an incredible way of speaking. And I, I just love it. Well, he's, he's done a lot of voice work, both in uh, cartoon and animations in an mm. episode of uh, Rick and Morty, for example. And he did a lot of um, video games. Yeah. So uh, the Horizon series, again, it's something I've not played, but a lot of people are talking about how, how awesome he is in that. And... Yeah, so we're talking about his voice, and I can obviously see it lends itself directly to that to that media. I, I only heard today that um, he was a, a gamer himself. Yeah, yeah, which I hadn't realised. You know, I just assumed because I, I had, uh, you know, you you, you recognise straight away when he crops up in video games, and sometimes he was um, doing uh, motion cap performance, right? I forget forget that game with um, that had the TV show with Aidan Gillen. In it, Do you remember, it was like a TV show companion on Xbox Quantum. Yeah, Quantum, Quantum Break. So I guess before we before we go to um, the interview recorded, like before any of us had kids, so at least six years ago now. Um, obviously, we're here because of the Wire. Can you kind of guys recall some of your favorite episodes? And we're gonna, we've got some we've got some similar guys as well, our patrons and. Um, People who love our, who listen to our podcast, have sent us some some voice notes to say who you know what their thoughts of Lance were. But what what are your kind of favourite memories of of uh, Lieutenant through to Deputy Commissioner Daniels? Everyone calls him Lieutenant Daniels, but he guys he, he he knew how to climb the ladder, didn't he? He knew exactly what he was doing, um, and he did it well and with conviction and authority. And I think he was the best person to do it right as well because you had the Clark Peter. Um, What's Clark Peters' character called? Oh, for God's sake, Kevin. Lester Freeman. Sorry. Lester Freeman, man. <laughs> so he had like so Freeman, Freeman who obviously would have the, the intellectual chops to do so, for example, but that's not that's not in him to do so. He wants to he wants the um he wants to solve those crimes. But Lance Reddick, whether 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 or not he wants the authority, he's the perfect person to take it and absorb it and and allow other people to work through him, right? Yeah, he was a perfect um, facilitator. Exactly, facilitator is a good word. Yeah, he he was he was a, and that's the thing about you know I've I, I've been many years in middle management and you're, you 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 manage <laughs> upwards and you manage downwards, 
and yeah. and Daniels was brilliant at playing playing that game and and doing both ad admirably. He could handle Burrell, he could handle Rawls as well as he could handle McNulty. McNulty. And that that yeah. that was some of my favorite scenes when uh Daniels would Daniels would just call McNulty out on his bullshit <laughs> particularly in in season 1 was never afraid to and um but he's not this again you know, back to that authority figure you know he it, there's a sort of a a kindness to him and a world weariness like he's just you know he did that sigh so well and that sort of slight blink and the Oh, it's just like you just I just want you to be better not <laughs> disappointed dad kind of thing um, I was going to say like if we you know one of the things we probably we would have loved to have done would be to have interviewed him again this far mm. you know, this far down the line and um, one of the questions I would want to ask him is um, so what do you think Daniels had in his lo had in his closet you know what was it what was yeah. the dirt what, did you ever like imagine what that dirt was you know anyway I I did ask him in the interview I did ask did you him ask in the interview him? I did ask him in the interview obviously we've not used it no. in the so guys if you listen if you listen a bit further along he does give an answer to it oh. uh, it might not be satisfactorily satisfactory but there is there is an answer well that is from, a reason to listen that. to that interview definitely. yeah now I, I need to listen back because i don't remember that either I'm no i don't that. no um well done kobe uh, well done kobe in the past <laughs> what a reach good work yeah well done the the other the other one that stood out to me from uh, our recent rewatch of season four was you know that um that ride along with carcetti when carcetti yep. observes daniels in his element Right, he's at this crime scene and he's just like yes. giving orders and he's like doing this and blah blah blah. Put up a <laughs> put up a, a cordon around here and a six block radius and get me APB and uh, MPUs and uh, all this kind of stuff. And, and it's just like, and, and and again, that's just him, just like yeah, you just you buy it because you're like yeah, yeah. that guy's in charge and he knows what he's talking about. Um, so one one of my favorite scenes, which is one of my favorite gifts of the wire, is when. Presbolewski punches his uh, father-in-law um, Valchek, and in the in in the presence of in the presence of Daniels and his face. <laughs> yeah, that's a gift. Is an absolute picture. His <laughs> eyes pop out like I'm stalked, like if he's a Looney Tunes character. Um, and that that's the perfect image for me for for Daniels. And at no point does he break a laugh into a laugh. Everyone else is laughing behind the scenes behind him. Yeah. After after Pres just clocks his uh, clock Valter, but apart from that one almost voice, you know, apart from that one kind of facial break, immediately Daniels goes back into the stoic, my office now. Yeah. And there's no way I can. Whenever he says my office now to whoever, you know you're in, you're in you know <laughs> yeah. you're in deep in the deepest of shits. Um, and we I mean we talk about his voice, but this, just the way he stands. There's a scene where McNulty in season five. Rawls and Daniels realizing he's perpetrating a lot of these, a lot of these fake, um, these murders. And there's a scene where he walks into homicide, McNulty, and Daniels is there at the end of the corridor, just standing there, and no one says anything. You don't have to say anything, and McNulty is actually shitting himself as he goes into there. It takes him into an interrogation room to be met by Rawls as well, who's also just standing there. And that is genuinely like the two most imposing people to to give you a dress down. And that's just the stature of the man. He doesn't have to say anything. 
to be that imposing. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm definitely going to miss every time I rewatch the Y again. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna be there's gonna be yeah a piece of my heart missing. He was just a big presence, wasn't he? In everything mm. he was in, like he just made a real impact. As I said earlier on, we have some recordings and voice notes from uh, a few people who who sent in some uh, thoughts on, on Lance Reddick, both inside and outside the wire. Um, but before we go there, I think we should just also acknowledge uh, the passing, recent passings of uh, Doyle Harris, who played Caroline Massey, who we've also spoken to for this podcast, and uh, we mentioned briefly before Al Brown, who played Valtek, who we also um, recorded. So yeah, both their voices as well as uh, Lance Reddick's are kind of smattered across all our episodes. Um, so as you listen to our previous episodes, um, you will hear from from all three of those guys. Um, but we we should obviously say that the, those guys are also great losses to to us as fans of the Wire and to, to the Wire family as well. I would say honestly, three of my favourite characters. I've just done a rewatch. I was just telling you guys before we went on a rewatch of season four and five, and like those. I mean, those three. Like they're probably they're probably top of the tree. I just. I just love them all so much that, you know, and as we hear going to season five and hear from them, oh, brilliant performances. Well, I'll say Al Brown and, and Joylette Harris in particular made a big impact with very little screen time overall, yes. I would say. Yes, You know, yes. Lance probably had a, had a bit more, but, but I agree with you, Tom. Three sort of, I mean, the wire is filled with sort of, everyone is almost a side character for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but they, they, they kind of they made a lot with with uh, with very little and look uh, rest in peace to to all all three of them and look I think we're all very grateful for their uh, for their work here and the and the wider body of work they did so um so yeah look we're gonna we'll throw now to um the full interview with uh, that Kobe did with Lance Reddick all those years ago um but before we do that you're gonna hear from uh, our producer Obi. Um, who could join us tonight uh, but wanted to send a message uh, and and also we asked uh, all of our listeners to send in uh, some of their memories of Lance Reddick so we're going to play you those clips now um, and then we'll throw to the interview so thanks for listening guys yeah I should say sorry one thing um, we normally talk about the Ella Thompson Fund as a charity that we support for this podcast um, but if you do want to um, support a charity in relation to Lance um, there is a charity, mumcares.org. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, so if you do want to uh, contribute in any way, shape or form to, to Lance and um, a charity that he supported, then do go to mumcares.org. Hey guys, um, producer Obi here, I guess wanted to quickly kind of jump in on what I'm sure is kind of a lovely episode full of kind of tributes and uh, salutations for uh, like another really important part of the the Y family, uh, Lance, Lance Reddick, Lieutenant Daniels. I guess what's really nice at, at times like this is just the the sharing of clips and quotes and, and pictures of of a, a person or a kind of character kind of we all warm to so much over the years i think i think for me um there, there were so few kind of really kind of upstanding uh black male characters on on tv at the time and the first the first time i saw daniels it was just 
just so obvious how fine and upstanding he he was as a as a character and you, you know he, he was he was almost he was almost to me uh, the the wires kind of answer to uncle phil just in the way he he carried himself he was willing to kind of stand up for what's right he wasn't he wasn't willing to kind of cut corners to make it to the top but also there was this like lovely light uh, way about him um you know you know he even had this special way with the ladies that kind of marked him out as as someone a bit more fun and a bit more different and you know it, it wouldn't have been possible without without Lance uh, as an actor and um yeah I guess we you know we, we mourn your loss but we kind of thank you for what you brought to to that character yo it's Jay one further the Cybernets and Lance Reddick's standout performance has got to be him playing a actual protagonist in the Horizon Forbidden West series his motion capture and his voice acting in that is cold, man. Like, it's an underrated game series, and you've actually like you've got to check out his performance, man. It's cold. Hi, Kobe and Dave. Joe Kiley here. Saddened to hear the news of Lance's passing, but grateful for the dignity and gravitas he brought to the role of Daniels. Lance was unafraid to use silence and physical stage presence to great effect. See McNulty's excruciating elevator ride in season five. Beyond the wire. He first came across my radar in HBO's Oz, playing an undercover cop trying to infiltrate a drug crew on the inside, eventually falling foul of fellow Wire co-star Seth Gilliam. Producer Tom, Obi, Kobe and Dave, I'm on the streets of Bogota, and this is to the memory of Lance Solomon Reddick, who now joins Michael K. Williams, Al Brown, Reggie Cathay, Robert F. Chu, Robert Hogan, DeAndre McCullough, and Melvin Williams. The Wire is an incredible show when we sit back and reflect on it. Besides the accolades of it being the best TV show ever, the remarkable writing and directing, it presented us with a wide cast of characters as leads and principals, as extras and backgrounds that have left an indelible mark on us. But The Wire also made us care and look for a band of actors that had been hidden from us in Hollywood and the small screen. Lieutenant Cedric Daniels turned Major Daniels, turned Commander of Criminal Investigations Daniels, turned Deputy Commissioner of Operations Daniels, turned finally Attorney Daniels. Lance Reddick is one such actor that we got excited to see on Bosch, in John Wick, on Fringe, and even Lost. I'm certain the casting directors of those shows were also Wire fans and thus finally gave chances to those who long since deserved a break. If there's another place after this one, it is clear that the casting of The Spiritual Wire is already amassing a hell of a cast. So I conclude, not with the Major Daniels quote, but a Lance Reddick quote. Nothing will ever top The Wire. It was historical. It was black cinema. Thank you, Lance. Hey, Corby and Dave. Kevin here from Northern Ireland. Just want to share my thoughts on a sad passing of Lance Reddick, Lieutenant Daniels in the wire he always seemed to be between a rock and a hard place whether it is his wife and her ambition and his career but for me the standout thing about lieutenant daniels was chain of command mcnulty chain of command my favorite scene with lance was the scene where he meets with her calvin prez the morning after he got down to the low rises to conduct field interviews 
As well as the great scene, the way Lance delivers his lines, you really feel the anger, but at the same time the loyalty he has towards his own. A great scene by a great actor, and one we will truly miss. Kobe and Dave, this is Kurt from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I go by Ziggy Sabaka on Twitter. One of my favorite scenes with Daniels is uh, Season 1, Episode 7, One Arrest. It's the exchange between uh, Daniels and Clay Davis's driver, um, where Damien is uh, describing how he'd robbed the house, uh, thinking Daniels is just a driver, as he is. Um, and then says, Damien Price, but I mostly go by Day-Day. And Daniels responds with, Cedric Daniels, but I mostly go by Lieutenant. Uh, Day-Day has that shocked look on his face, and Daniels just goes back to watching the Orioles game like nothing ever happened. What makes it better is in the next episode, Daniels gets to confront him in his role as Lieutenant after Damien gets picked up uh, with $20,000 in manicured bills coming out of the uh, towers, so... Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Thank you. Dave, Kobe, I thought I'd um, give you my thoughts on the very sad news about Lance Reddick. This is Joe here, of course, from Writing the Schoolies. Uh, but I'm just a massive fan of The Wire and a huge fan of Lance Reddick. I've seen him in a few things. Um, I like the fact he was always sort of slightly typecast as severe roles, especially in the military or police or things like that. He does a really good comedic turn in an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, I urge you to watch, where he plays a, a pimp who's also gone straight, and it, he is hilarious. <laughs> he has some really great comic chops, as the Yanks would say. I'm sure that, in the words of Jay Lansman, better eulogies are coming. But the thing that I loved was that in a world of The Wire, where everything is chaotic and crazy, and you've got characters like McNulty and like Omar and you know these these people who are incredibly in their own way you know throwing stuff around and seeing what sticks you know the character of Cedric Daniels worked because he was constant he was the North Star really he stayed even though he wasn't perfect and the fact that it was hinted at he'd done some bad things in the past but he was imperfectly perfect and a really great actor to portray him would be Lance Reddit because he had the, the idea that he could have played Bubbles is really interesting to me I always wonder there's an alternate universe where we don't get Andre Royer we get Lance Reddit as Bubbles would he have been as good who knows but I think it'd have been a very different kind of good and uh, although I can't really imagine Bubbles playing Daniels, <laughs> uh, but that's a different story for another time. Obviously, I don't normally get upset when people who I've never met pass away. I do think that there's something really sad about the prospect of, you know, I've just been doing my last rewatch of The Wire and you see him in every scene he's in. He's magnetic, he's wonderful, and he's just got such a, such a sort of, a gentle sort of <laughs> indomitability about him. He's frightening, but he's also a decent guy. And uh, I don't think you get that without being an actor who's also a very decent man and clearly loved 
by his fellow actors and the people who knew him on the wire so if any of this makes it into the show wonderful if not don't worry I just wanted to share my thoughts on it and um, thank you for bringing the wire stripped back and I'm really really enjoying it all the best take care Well, Lance, thank you very much for your time. It's it's been um, awesome watching the wire. Um, all all the, all the many times I have done, um, it'd be good to hear from you how you first heard about the wire and how you first got involved in it. Well, the way I first heard about the wire was it, it just came across as an, as another audition. Um, the thing that struck me about it, you know, it was um, about seven years after I'd gotten out of drama school. Let me see, it was uh, my audition yeah. in uh, it was two thousand one. And I had already worked with David Simon uh, okay. a couple of years earlier on uh, The Corner, uh, where I played a crackhead. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, so uh, when it came up, I, you know, it's funny because I was at a point in my career and also it was kind of the, the, the mentality of the industry where I wasn't that interested in doing television. Television was kind of considered a means to an end. It's not like it is now where television <laughs> has, has transformed into this cool thing. And I just want to do tell every actor wants to do television now. Um, and so, um, and it was the beginning, it was still at the kind of at the beginning of HBO hmm. kind of changing the conversation about television. So, uh, when we, when we first aired, um, yeah. I mean, the Sopranos was only in its second season. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so I read this pilot and I swear, I swear it's the only, to this day, it's the only pilot I've ever, I've ever read that right. I thought I have to be on the show. Um, and it was so, uh, the, quite frankly, the pilot was so, there were so many characters that I didn't even know who I wanted to be. It wasn't like, I've sure. got to play that character. I just, it was just, I had to be on the show. I didn't know who I wanted to play. Uh, the only character that, mm. that was obviously prominent was McNulty. Um, and even after, and I, 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 the other thing is I auditioned for three different roles. <laughs> I mean, uh, because uh, okay. I, I originally went in for Bunk. Uh, and I auditioned for Bunk three times. And in my third audition, uh, it was uh, David, David, uh, David, and Ed, David Simon and Ed Burns, the creator, were in the room, as with along with Clark Johnson, the director, uh, and I think mm-hmm. uh, Bob, I think Bob Colesbury was there too. Um, so it was a full room, and uh, you know, I, I, I did the I, I did the audition. Then um, uh, David right. on the spot asked <laughs> me to read Bubbles. <laughs> So I, you know, I went out. I looked at the size. I came back and I read bubbles. Clark gave me some direction. I read bubbles, um, and just to give you some, not so that it doesn't seem like it came out of the blue, um, you know, yeah. he, you know, I played a crackhead in the corner, and I had, and the, then the year later I had played um, right, uh, okay. a heroin addict on Oz. Um, as, as a matter of fact, that's the first that I, I saw David came to visit the set because he and Tom Fontana were friends because uh, Tom really helped David get his start in uh, television. Um, and so David came to set kind of toward the end of my, that season that I was in on, on Oz and we said hello and he, you know, he said, uh, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, I've got something, uh, got something I'm thinking, um, you know, a, a TV show I'm working on, you know, keep you in mind. And, you know, I, I was like, thanks. That sounds great. And he was like, it was like, I just, I just thought it was Hollywood talk. So when the wire, you know, a year later when the wire came up, I realized yeah. that's what he was talking about. Anyway, so um, you know, I found out that I didn't get the, I didn't get bubbles. That I was second choice to some guy, who it turns out was Andre Royal. <laughs> and because um, and the truth is, they didn't want to see me for Daniels. Okay. 
So they kept looking for names for Daniels. And then they uh, eventually I went into audition for Daniels. So this is now my fourth audition. And I just went on tape. Um, and I did the two scenes that I had. And then um, Alexa Fogel, the casting director, said to me, so, um, okay, let's do the, let's do the third scene, the monologue. I said, what monologue? She said, there, there should have been three scenes. I said, I only got two scenes. Oh, she said, oh, so here. So she hands me this page long monologue. She said, well, just go out and look at it and then come back and do it. I was like, oh man, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so, but sometimes, you know, when you, when you throw, when you kind of thrown into something like that, like being thrown into cold water, you just, you just swim and don't think about it. <laughs> and that's what I did. So I went in, I just did the monologue and I left and I just figured, you know, whatever. Um, and then I forgot about it. I checked in with my agent about a week and a half later. He said I didn't get it. They were still looking for names. And so I let it go. And two weeks later, I was working on, um, I was doing a guest spot on uh, 100 Center Street, which was uh, one of A&E's first television series. It was, I think it's the only series. It was, uh, it was a television series that, that was uh, created by uh, Sidney Lumet. And actually, he was directing that, that oh, really? episode. So, yeah, so I had the incredible fortune to, to work with Sidney Lumet before he passed right. away. Wow. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm at lunch and I remember I, <laughs> I remember I was talking to this guy at lunch and he said, you know, because I had some some notoriety from from Oz. And he said, oh, man, women talk about how fine you are. And, you know, you go, you know, you better you better. You know, I was I was uh, my wife and I had been separated and we we weren't divorced yet. He said, man, you better you better have your stuff. You better have your stuff because you're going to pop. You're going to hit. And I said, yeah, whatever. And I swear that day. This is how long ago this was. Uh, my beeper went off. I still we still have beepers. <laughs> this is before cell phones. My beeper goes off, and I remember I I finished up and I was late to. Uh, I had to catch a train to go uh, to the school that uh, we're being interviewed because my daughter was going into high school, and it was this uh, this advanced program, and it was her. It was uh, a kind of a meet and greet with the parents and and uh, the potential yeah. students. So I ran a ran to a payphone and called my agent real quick and asked you know so I could you know. And uh, he said, uh, uh, Lance, uh, The Wire. I said, yeah, what about it? He said, you got it. I said, what? <laughs> he said, uh, you got it. I said, well, which role? <laughs> uh, he said, Daniels. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. And that's the, I mean, that was one of those moments where I wondered if I was dreaming. It's the only time I really didn't, wasn't sure if it was real. Because that's, that's, that's super interesting because we... Since leaving the wire, I've seen you. At, obviously, you're in Bosch at the moment and in Fringe. Uh, so it almost seems like you've, you've been typecast now as a high-ranking yes. police or enforcement officer in some way, shape, or form. But prior, but I was a hair's breadth away from being typecast as a drug yeah. addict because <laughs> Bubbles would have been my third third drug addict in a row if I didn't gotten cast in a row. Um, I didn't. I've, I didn't actually see you on Oz. I've, um, it was a, it was something that passed me by, and I was it was a precursor to Sopranos, which was like a like a precursor almost to The Wire. Um, but there's, yes. a, there's a fair few. Oz really started Yeah, this role. is it. There's, yeah. there's a fantastic yeah. book. Uh, sorry, I should be talking less here, uh, but it's so interesting to hear you say this. There's this fantastic book called The Revolution Was Televised by a guy called Alan Seppenwall. And he talks about Oz and Sopranos and leading into The Wire and how those two programs feed into it. And it's good to see also there's many people in Oz who then come into The Wire. Uh, that's later oh, day. yeah. Yeah, I played an undercover cop who gets uh, who gets addicted to oh, heroin. No. Actually, I'm... no, I have seen you. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Oh, you didn't realize. Yeah, this no, was... it's just thinking now. Now it's, it, 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 the undercover aspect, you still wear a cut. But I was thinking because there was some there was some messed up people in the, in Oz, and I thought, yeah. But uh, yeah, when you first came into, you weren't that messed up. You you played a you had a Jamaican. Um, that's yes. Right. Yeah. When, I, when it first come in, you don't know you don't know that I'm not Jamaican, and you don't know yeah. I'm a cop. Although I think it, I think it gets revealed, you know, in the first. That's episode. right. That's right. I do remember that now. Yeah. That's it's been a while since I've seen that. Um, so, I guess you only saw you only saw the pilot episode and wanted it so bad. How how far how how far do you think it was going to run? What kind of legs did you think this show had based on that one episode? I didn't because unlike, you know, for most people who have very successful, you know, getting out of drama school. Yeah. Um, you know, most people's stories are of, of you know doing shooting, shooting, like several failed pilots mm. before they you know get onto a hit show. Where I you know my first seven years out of school, I didn't I didn't book a single pilot. Yeah, the first pilot I ever booked was the wire. That's fantastic. So, and I didn't know I didn't even know that Daniels was the second lead until I saw the call sheet when I got to set the first day of shooting the pilot. Like I didn't know how big the role was, and this is and uh, it's okay. Yeah, so um, so in terms of like knowing, kind of anticipating what the legacy would be when I read the pilot, um, it's you know it's f- so funny because the the partly because I'd already worked so much on um, on HBO, yeah. um, I just assumed quality would make sure. it. So, and it was, when I said it's the best pilot I'd ever read, it really was. I mean, I've, since then I may, may, read maybe one pilot that was as good, um, that I'm actually, not, I'm loosely attached as a producer I'm trying to get made, but it's a very different kind of story. But uh, anyway, it's, it, it was, it, it read like the first chapter of a novel. And so when we were, oh, also, I just need to ask sure. you, um, because the thing I was about to say, that I was going to give a bit of a spoiler, so I don't want to ruin it for people who have never seen it before. No, I can give, give spoilers away. We'll, um, we'll remove the section if you think it's I, too much. In. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. I mean, after all, like, you know, 15 years later, yeah. you know, too bad. <laughs> but anyway, so when we were shooting the pilot one day, um, I was at lunch and David Simon came over to me and he sat across. We said, Lance, you know, I'm, I'm just going around to the leads of the show and giving them background on the characters and the trajectory. Mm-hmm. He said, "You're good. so Daniels is based on this guy and this guy, and I, of course I don't remember the names, but they were two two guys who had been deputy yeah. chiefs, um, and he gave me their names, and then he kind of gave me kind of a uh, a, a sheet, brief synopsis of kind of their career trajectory and their personalities, and he said, and you're going to be moving towards becoming the police commissioner by the end of the fifth season. Wow. He said, I have a he said I have a sixty episode story arc planned, and you're going to be moving toward becoming the the the." Uh, the commission, the commissioner, by the end of the fifth season. So I was like, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> um, and from then, it, we just kind of we just were off and running. So it'd be cool to talk about the season one in particular. That's where I mean, what, what's your advice to people when they say, "I haven't watched The Wire, but I want to do it"? Um, do you have any advice to fans or, or potential fans who haven't pressed play yet? Uh, I think I have two pieces of advice uh, for people who want to get into the wire and haven't started watching it yet. One is don't try to skip. Away. Sorry, you've um, you've gone a bit muffled there. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Can you hear me better now? It went just, it's like you've got your hand over the microphone or... Um, is it still yeah, muffled? still muffled. Hmm, that's odd because I haven't moved. What about now? It's still, they're still muffled. Oh, no. Um, huh, because I'm like holding the microphone and trying to turn it, talking into it. Um, what if it, it's, is the microphone plugged in, is it? Uh, well, it's part, I'm, it I'm sounds gonna... fine now. Yeah, oh, it does. Well, it's odd. I'll let, I'll let you know if it happens again. It... Okay, okay. Um, so the, you said the two so, pieces of advice for people. So for people who are trying to who uh, want to start watching The Wire who've never seen it before, uh, I have two pieces mm. of advice. One is don't try to skip around. Start at the beginning and read through because it really is a five season novel. Yeah. And the other thing is, and especially in seasons, even if you're going to not disregard my advice, if you're going to skip around in seasons, each season start at the beginning of the season. The other thing that I would say is, um, oh my goodness, it just ran out of my head. Um, oh yes, um, don't give up. Make it, if, I know some people feel it's a bit slow at the beginning, although the way television television has evolved now, I don't think that that would necessarily be the case anymore um, because television has just consistently become more sophisticated. But um, I still hear occasionally people say, oh yeah, it was slow, I didn't get into it. And they quit. Get through the get through the th first three episodes. Uh, and, I mean, if, if if you still want to quit after that, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, let's focus on Daniels for a bit. Um, it's a fantastic character, and he's he's one of those people that seems he seems like a straight edge policeman from the outset. But then you have this edge of his history that that does suggest that he's been taking money um, or he's, he's flawed in some kind of way, shape or form. How, how does that add to the acting or the portrayal of this kind of character? What's what, well, what was so great about Daniels and really this part of what was great about all the characters in the show is that everybody's flawed. Everybody is so human, uh, no matter how. And, and, you know, if, if there is a character of all the characters that by the end of the show is truly, uh, Heroic, in terms of um, uh, uh, of living living principles and ideals, it's Daniels. But his past, in his past, he is he. There's a little dirt. He took some money, <laughs> and it's never it's never said quite explicitly as that, but it's pretty clear. Um, even with the parallels that they draw between as the show goes on, because, you know, you know, as the show toward the, in the fifth season, as the show starts winding down, you see kind of the young, kind of the, the young or supported actors kind of moving up to take the place of the, all the prominent leads. And you kind of see how each character, uh, uh, and, um, oh my goodness, what can I think of his name? Carver. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Carver ends up coming, becoming kind of Daniels by the end of the mm. show. And so you kind of see that the parallel with him in the first season, where um, he's actually, yeah, he takes yeah, money. Him and Herc. Yeah, yeah, he and Herc. Uh, and it's, and also the thing, it, it's not, it's it's one of those things where you know in their minds it's shady because it's not like I'm accepting bribes. It's like, man, it's all this drug money. They're not gonna miss this ten mm. grand. And that's yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's that kind of that kind of thinking. With um, in season one, particularly that outside of the of his shady past, he seemed to have mixed feelings as to as to the details. Almost case of I'll do this and progress my career, but people like McNulty and Kima keep you keep you on the good police side rather than the career minded side. Um, so, well, there's always. <laughs> You know, it's interesting because I'm work, I'm on a show now um, called Bosch, and I play the chief police. Yeah. Um, and um, we have two uh, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, RHD robbery homicide are, are the kind of uh, like they're the elite of the elite of the of the detectives. And so we have two robbery homicide detectives who are consultants. And one of them, I asked her once. Uh, I said, um, "Would would you ever want to be?" you know, going to command. And she said, without hesitating, she said, oh, no way. I don't, I'm not a kiss ass. <laughs> like there's just, a, there's just a, among, among detectives, there's just, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's not just McNulty. <laughs> it's not, I mean, detectives who really, who just love that work and think that the, what they do is what's most important. Mm -hmm. They see the bureaucracy as just, you know, a necessary evil. Whereas the bureaucrats see it as, you know, you know, you wouldn't be able to do your job if we don't do our jobs. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, and at the end of the day, politics is all about compromise. Yeah. Um, so did you find yourself, I guess, as Daniel's conflicted um, when he's trying to kiss ass up to the command, but also placate and make sure that his team are doing as good a job as possible given the situation. Well, the, the thing that's so interesting about Daniels in terms of uh, him as uh, uh, as a politician, and when I say politician, I mean uh, working the politics of the command structure within the police department, um, mm. is that you see um, by the end of the first season, um, because of McNulty's influence, because McNulty is hardcore, the only thing that matters is the case. Later for all that political bullshit. And Daniels, can I say those words? Can I say that word? Bullshit? Okay. Of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Talk about the wine, man. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, talks, speaking of that, I remember when, my, when The Wire first came on, my parents started tried to watch it, and my mother just said, you know, you, there's a lot of swearing in that show. My friends don't like it. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, back to, back to kind of uh, how Dan how Daniels dealt with um, the politics within the command structure uh, and his ambition to move up the, the, the ladder. Um, the thing that's so interesting, one of the things that I find most interesting about Daniels' um, character is that by the end of the first season, he realizes how much he just loves, he loves the job. That so much, mm. of, uh, because at the beginning of the show, he's kind of introduced as... Uh, uh, I don't want to say a political animal, but a guy who's about who's about um, yes, who's about the career, the career. Thank you, <laughs> climbing the ladder. And um, yeah, you know, as the show goes on, and he starts realizing that McNulty's right, um, and he starts. Um, I don't I hesitate to use the word enjoy, but that's the only word that I can think of. Um, Satisfaction, satisfaction is boring. Mm -hmm. He starts to see how satisfying actually uh, using his position to help his detectives work the case. He says, you know, he's, he, you mm. start to realize that so much of his ambition uh, in terms of moving up the command ladder 
is, isn't really his. It's his wife's. And it ends up splitting them up at the beginning because he makes okay. he makes choices by the end of the season one, um, which, you know, he defies the police commissioner. There's some great scenes where you're initially you're trying to pick your your favorite. It starts out you're trying to pick, pick your favorite number one officers to join the detail, but then at the end of the season, um, you they get they give you they say you can have you can have Freeman and you can have Presbyluski because they think they're they think they're still dead weight, but you've re- you've worked with these guys and these guys have come they've become gold and and Sidner who's someone who you wanted to. You fought so hard to get in the first place. They're the one they're pulling off the detail. So I love how there's such a big arc with a lot of these characters, and they play into everyone else's hands as well. Um, well, it's, it's 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 you said that about how the uh, how characters. I feel this like that's what you're saying. Characters seem to be one thing yeah. at the beginning of the show, and then evolve into something much more um, layered and complex as as as, uh, as personalities as the show goes on. Um, mm. And I feel like that's one of the beauties of the show. Um, find uh, uh, how it explores human potential and how um, yeah. it gets shaped by a culture and then given an opportunity to uh, blossom, uh, it can. And uh, the, you know, the perfect, perfect example is Przybyski, um, who knew that he... Mm. Um, what was kind of kind of an analytical genius and had a had a gift for numbers, but he becomes he becomes a key part of um, the investigative team. Um, yeah. um, Freeman, you think is you know even Daniel's perception of Freeman at the beginning is that he's um, I mean he calls I, I, I can't, what does he call him? No 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 he uh, a cuddly bear is it? I don't know if it's a cuddly bear something more like a uh, a pussy cat, but it's like he's just got. He's just all he does is yeah. make these little toy houses all day. I mean, he's not a, you know. And then you find out that you know Freeman kind of gave up on this on the system because he was he was his generation's McDulty, and he pushed it too far. <laughs> and then you yeah. find out that he's a genius investigator. Um, and it, you know, it, I mean, I could go on and on. Carver, how he rises to, after after getting the after yep. kind of. Betraying the team by being the by, by being the kind of the inside snitch for the commissioner with a with a promise of promotion. Um, once once he gets discovered and he gets the kind of you know what it, what it means to be in command and and what example you're going to set for the people that look to you. Um, and how you know once he moves out to the I think he moves to the western uh, or the eastern and he becomes a sergeant. He he. He becomes a great commander. Yeah. He becomes a great leader. It'd be cool to... Um, there's a couple of key scenes, I think, with um, with yourself and your team, with, with Daniels and the team. Um, there's when, one really empathetic part is where Wallace, who's, been, who's, who's witnessed Brandon being shot and he's, he's vulnerable and Daniels and the team find him and Daniels is, is the one that's kind of doing as much as you can to protect him. Um, hugely em- empathic scenes there from, from Daniels. And also when uh, Kima is shot um, in that in that failed kind of um, sting operation, then you also see Daniels there with full of heart rising to protect his team and protect with the, 
uh, and fight fight for the, for the case. Can you talk about those two parts of the of the story? Well, because um, it sounds like you. Uh, it's like what you're asking is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, sure. about kind of when, when um, Daniel's heart shows up. Yeah, because I think they, it's, um, it's, no matter what you say, his his perception initially is obviously he's career-minded and trying to climb the ladder, but yes. uh, as, you've, uh, as you said before, there is something that covers that he does like what he's doing, and that heart, that you know, external, um, hardcore exterior kind of melts and it becomes a force to be reckoned with fighting against command, but also fighting on the side of people who he feels needs his support in other ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I um, in terms of, cause when I say Daniel's heart, I mean it in two ways. I mean, his, uh, his kind of sense of uh, empathy. Mm. Um, and, but also his um, courage to stand, uh, uh, to, to, to stand, to lead from the front um, uh, for his team against the command structure. Um, I mean, there, there are few there are few things that come to my mind. Um, I know you you asked me specifically about the moment where when Kima shot mm-hmm. um, when she's when, uh, uh, toward the end of the first season. I think it's episode ten. It, it may be episode nine or ten. And um, <clears throat> and we're um, we 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 we're all uh, I'm. Daniels is is one of the officers uh, in the follow cars trying to keep up with. She's undercover, yeah. uh, in, uh, with some drug dealers, uh, with some gang members, <clears throat> and we lose sight of them, and then we hear the shots, <laughs> and then we desperately try to find her, and then by the time we do find her, she's lying uh, bleeding to death mm. uh, uh, on the pavement, and the, and the uh, you know the, the, the dealers have fled. Um, now. I mean, Daniels is heartbroken and he's screaming and he's crying. And, um, but I feel like, uh, that's not even necessarily the best example of his heart. There's a character, um, shoot, I can't remember his name. He's one of the, one of the two older detectives who end up leaving, leaving the detail. Hulk Mahone. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's, I think it's, I think it's Mahone. Um, you know, after Polk gets, uh, injured, um, on a raid when when um, he, he gets cold cocked by this kid, um, and then Mahone it starts you know, I mean there if there's dead weight in the truly dead weight in the detail it's those two guys, um, and but Mahone is um, he's an alcoholic, and Daniels notices that the other the other detectives in the detail have been covering for him and he calls him in, and um, he's like you need to. You know, oh, sorry, just to, uh, it's Mahone that gets retired due to injury. It's Polk that stays around for, for a bit. Oh, it's Polk that stays yeah. around. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, he, he, there's this great scene, and it's, it's actually one of my favorite scenes in the show, uh, in his office where he has Polk come in, and uh, he confronts him with it. And he says, I know these guys have been covering for you because I've seen, you know, they're signing your time cards in and out, but it's not your handwriting. Um, and I and I, I know the, everybody's handwriting. I know which guy. And he, he goes. Uh, he goes. He literally goes down the list of who's who's covering who signed him out and signing men when. And he said, uh, "You need to carry your weight." And he says, "He says, he says you either need to go up on those. So you're going up on those rooftops, yeah. uh, doing surveillance duty, wet, 
is ex expression used, meaning, you know, drunk or 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 or, or with a hangover. Mm. Or you're gonna check yourself in for to rehab. Those are your two options. Yeah. I'm not just gonna transfer you to another detail to be somebody else's problem. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, are there any key scenes from other characters that uh, spring to mind in season one that you'd like to reflect on? You know, there's another there's another scene, and it's actually the scene I, I spoke about it earlier that uh, that really uh, pops out at me when I think about season one, and it's it's another scene in my office, um, and it's and I've spoken about it uh, earlier, but it's a scene between me and Carver, right? Um, when Daniels confronts Carver on kind of being the snitch to the commissioner for the team, and what's uh, it's not so much. I mean, I feel like, you know, I had great stuff to do, but I was, um, you know, Seth, Seth Gilliam, who played Carver, mm -hmm. he and I had never had a, really had a scene together before. Okay. You know, except maybe, you know, go do this, go do that, you guys do that. You know, that was the extent of our interaction. This is the first real scene we ever had together. And his work was exquisite. I remember being struck by how good he was and how, um, um, because he really, you could see how, Kind of mortified he was and how um ashamed he was and how he talked through kind of how the commissioner baited him uh into you know because he said you know suddenly you're you get you're in the commissioner's office and he's giving you these pastries and you know he's talking about you know you know grooming you and you know you just start losing sight of what's you know what's right and wrong basically <laughs> um and I just, I, I'll never forget that because from from then on, I just saw Seth as like a, I, 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 I saw him differently. <laughs> and also remember this was, we hadn't, I hadn't really watched the show yet. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, it, history's works proves it out. I mean, he, he went on to have a, a fantastic story arc. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Once he got, once he got promoted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great work. Are there, are there any of the characters on the streets or or cop side that you'd like to highlight at all for, for any reason at all? Oh man, there's just so many great characters, so many great characters. I don't know where to start. Um, but I the two, but I will say two two characters that come to my mind because I feel like they're uh, kind of <clears throat> in uh, in the wake of the show. They have not necessarily gotten. Now, I don't mean the characters, but uh, maybe the actors haven't gotten the. Um, the recognition that I think that they deserve. And that's um, Larry Gilly Jr. Mm. I'm sorry, he goes by Lawrence now. Uh, Lawrence Gilly Jr. who plays- um, D'Angelo. Uh, yes, thank you, D'Angelo Buxdale. And um, Wood Harris who plays um, Avon Buxdale. Yeah. Wood, Wood is, I think he's chillingly good in the show. Mm. I mean, he's that guy. <laughs> and um, you know, Larry was so, you know, it's interesting. I uh, one of the one, uh, one of the things uh, that was really great for me about the show was how much actors always would always talk about how great other actors were, mm. and like Larry and I would talk about how great Wendell was. Um, I remember one night we were shooting a scene. It was a stakeout scene, and it was me and Dominic West. And I said to Dominic. I don't know how it came up, but Larry's Larry's name came up, and I said I'm mad at Larry. 
And Dominic says, why? I said, because he's better than me. And I was waiting for Dominic to say, oh, no, no, man, you're great. He goes, oh, well, Larry's better than all of us. <laughs> well, that's starting to do more now, at least. I've seen Larry's in, yeah. in the Deuce. I don't know, don't get me wrong. Larry's done great. I mean, he's had a great career. I mean, he's, you know, The Walking Dead, and now he's on The Deuce. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, what was your particular uh, do you have a favorite season of The Wire uh, as an actor my favorite season was the first season okay. as a fan my favorite season was the fourth season right politics in the schools yeah I mean that season was just I think to this day I think that's the greatest season I've ever seen on television that's there's some heartbreaking well there's some heartbreaking yeah those kids were fan- those kids are just fantastic yeah. fantastic um, oh, talking about the kids, um, have, you, have you got any comments on, on Wallace's appearance in, in season one? He's, uh, I guess, the most tragic character. That, that we've yes, in season one. he is. It's a shame that he hasn't done much since the show. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know that little Rocky movie, but who saw that? Who saw Rocky? Um, Black Panther, that's going to be a small uh, movie. <laughs> um... Uh, well, I mean, people, he was just so heartbreaking. I mean, he was just so, like he stopped it's from, interesting too, because he, say, he was one of the, he was one of the few kids, he was one of the few kids that were actually that, the age that he was playing. I mean, he was, he was 15 when we shut that. He was 14 with, um, or 15. So I can start with like Wallace was, or, um. I'm sorry, yeah. Wallace was, um. Michael Michael B. Jordan, who played Wallace, yeah. he was one of the few uh, few of the kids who was actually the age that he was playing. So he was actually fourteen or fifteen the first season of The Wire, uh, and he, I mean, he was just—I I don't know what to say about his performance. He was just heartbreaking because there was something. His whole performance, there was just such a sweetness about him. Um, which made it even more, and and the, the the camaraderie between all of them was just so great. It made it even more heartbreaking mm. when they had to kill him. It's a hard scene to watch. It's hard scene to rewatch. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I mean, if there's anything else, anything else you want to have um, talk about before we? I'm obviously aware of your time and everything, so I don't want to take any more. Yeah. Well. Yes. Um, let me just think if there's anything else I want to talk about. I mean, I mean, could you, the more questions you ask me, the more things keep coming back to sure. me. Sure, well, um, I, I could talk forever on the wire, so I'm just uh, where have you, yeah. <laughs> where have you? Uh, but yeah, but I, I should get going. Um, man, well, we have- as far as the wire goes, yeah, I don't. There's not really not off the top of my head. Okay, well, I mean, if- just everybody. I mean, you got to see, you got to watch it. I mean, you just it's must see TV. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> so, can you get let people know what? Um, I guess what you're up to now and what you've been doing since the wire as a, as a, as a closer, really. Uh, well, I mean, since the wire, I mean, I've done several films. I, I, I went straight into lost and, and I mean, literally two weeks after we shot two weeks after we wrapped on the final season of the wire, I would, I was flying to Hawaii to start shooting on the fourth season of lost. Mm-hmm. And four months after that, I was cast in the pilot for fringe, which lasted for five seasons. Yeah. Um, and then fringe, um, uh, I, I did uh, I, I did a, a couple movies while I was on Fringe, and then Fringe ended in uh, 
2000, uh, spring of 2013, and then we shot the pilot for Bosch in the fall of 2013, and uh, we we're just ra we're just wrapping up the fourth season of Bosch now, which is a, a show on Amazon based on the novels of, of Michael Connelly by the same name, yeah. the character Hieronymus Bosch, um, and I'd play Chief Irvin Irving. Um, it's a great show. It's a great show. It is, yeah. And the other, and the other thing I'd like to uh, just alert people to is uh, I'm I'm starting to occur on a new show on Comedy Central called Corporate, which starts airing in the U U.S. in uh, January. Okay. Uh, it's it's a really great show and it's really funny and it's very political, and I play um, a character named um, Oh my goodness, what's my character's name? Christian Deville, <laughs> and he's uh, he's uh, the CEO of a multinational corporation, and he's a maniac. <laughs> and in terms of in terms of comedy roles, you were on Rick and Morty for an episode. What, what oh, that's that right. I keep forgetting. You know, it's funny because when I did Rick and Morty, I had no idea how popular that show was. Right. What kind of response I'd get from people when after it aired? Because you know, it, I, I, I I forgot. I'd almost forgotten that I'd done it. And then the night that it aired, the day after it aired, like people went crazy. I mean, Twitter and Facebook people were nuts. <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Got to play this uh, weird superhero on, on another on another planet who was able to summon up uh, ghost trains as a weapon. <laughs> so. <laughs> You just heard a stripped media production. 